G'day, Patrick Stack here, ABC Sport Daily. We're having a spell over the festive period, but we would not leave you hanging. And we're going to give you some of our favourite conversations and stories from 2023 while you and we are recharging for 2024. Hope you enjoy this one. ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. I'm excited uh, to, to be back in Australia to be in the studio, uh, to be a part of the Endeavour Hills Cricket Club. So hopefully you know, it can be some fun. That is West Indian cricket legend Chris Gale announcing he'd be coming to play a T20 tournament in Australia. In fact, there were a number of big-name internationals involved. The Big Bash League, you say? No, not the BBL. This was through a suburban cricket club in Melbourne's southeast. If superstar cricket is taking part in park cricket sounds too good to be true, it's because it is. This is the wild story of how a local cricketer swindled a quarter of a million dollars from his workplace to lure international cricketers to Australia to play for his team. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Christian Silva is a court reporter for ABC Melbourne. Christian, this story is outrageous, and let's step through it together. The unlikely scene is a suburban cricket club. What can you tell us about Endeavour Hills Cricket Club? Hey, Patrick, yeah, it is a, it is a crazy story. Endeavour Hills Cricket Club, it's a suburban club in Melbourne's southeast, probably about 35 kilometres away from the Melbourne CBD. It's, I suppose, what you would call like a big suburban club um, in terms of, you know, it's got its junior teams and a few seniors teams. Actually, I have a, a weird personal connection to this club. It's the first junior cricket club I ever played in. So to see it in the news in this way is really, really bizarre. But essentially, this club became entangled in what's turned out to be quite a, a messy crime that's probably ruined its reputation for some time. Let's dig into the chief protagonist, Navishta Da Silva, the 36-year-old Sri Lankan immigrant. What was his connection to Endeavour Hills Cricket Club? Was he a player? What are his sort of sporting credentials, I suppose? Starting with the sporting credentials, uh, De Silva grew up in Sri Lanka, uh, was a talented young player. We've heard over the, the course of his criminal case that uh, apparently he played for the Sri Lankan under-15s team. Not been able to verify that, but apparently, you know, quite a talented young player, but uh, didn't quite make the grade to play at a professional level. So when he came over to Australia about 15 years ago, we we're told that he joined another club and had been playing there. And uh, it was there where he had developed some ideas about um, working as a promoter and had ideas about staging a grand cricket tournament. Now, at that club, it sounds like things didn't quite work out. I, I don't think they were entirely convinced by his vision, so he left and then went to Endeavour Hills Cricket Club, who seemingly has um, supported him. So he was actually the wicketkeeper there while he was there. So let's dig into that vision. He might not have been an elite-level player, but De Silva certainly had designs on being involved in elite-level cricket tournaments. What was his original plan? Yeah, De Silva sort of represented himself as this self-styled talent manager, event promoter kind of person. He set about trying to establish a twilight cricket tournament featuring some of cricket's biggest names. So we're talking about players like Chris Gale, the universe, the self-described universe boss. I take over the world, what next? You know, and this is this world, I need something bigger. So I say, okay, Chris, let's go for the universe. Let's take over the universe. 
And that's when I put it on my social media. So yeah, as of today, I'm the universe boss. Tula Karat Nadulshan, uh, Shawab Malik, the, the Pakistan captain, players like Fidel Edwards from the West Indies. Um, there's, there's heaps of others. He basically sold this vision that he could bring these players to play in a suburban tournament in Melbourne. He'd have DJ Havana Brown blasting out some tunes in between the innings break. Hey, it is Havana Brown. And I'm super excited because I'm going to be playing at the Twilight T20 Halftime Show on the 27th of November. I cannot wait to do this for you guys. Let's have some fun. Get your tickets. He sort of sold this as a, you know, you'll never get to see these types of cricketers running around at your local ground. And that was the vision that he had. The names that you're throwing around there are like cricketing royalty. So how did he get access to these players? Because it's one thing to want Chris Gale to come and play a cricket tournament. It's another thing to get access to him. Look, I'm not entirely sure exactly how he forged his connections, but um, the Endeavour Hills Cricket Club that he joined did have some links to professional players, by all accounts, legal links, nothing nothing to suggest that anything untoward happened, but they did have some connections with Sri Lankan players and, and the club had you know, previously brought some of these players over to, to play for them, which in itself is quite amazing that uh, at one point, you know, they had current Sri Lankan players knocking around in in suburban cricket competitions for them um, when they had a few few months off. So I guess through his links to the club, he was able to build connections. But definitely when it came to this T20 tournament, that was his doing. And that was something that he had um, yeah, organised himself through his own company, which he set up. How did things begin to go so wrong? Well, initially, Patrick, it, it seems like things were going right. I mean, there was a lot of promotion. He was getting a lot of endorsements in terms of players, you know, posting videos on social media saying they couldn't wait to come down under to have a hit in this tournament. And we're talking about the likes of Chris Gale spruiking this. Hey, guys, what's up? It's Chris Gale, the universe boss here in the building, Opal as well. I'm looking forward to play for Endeavour Hills Cricket Club in the Twilight T20 this summer in Australia. Karunaratna, Thiramane, these kinds of guys saying that they're looking forward to coming down to play for Endeavour Hills. On the surface, it seemed to be good. He even had George Kalambaris, the, the chef. The best cricketers in the world will be descending down to Victoria, to Melbourne, to be taking part in a cricket match that will leave you, I don't know, gasping for air. Details are down below, so get amongst it, because can I tell you, I might even rock up and have a little swing of the bat. Absolutely not, because I'm no good at it. But guys, get amongst it. It's going to be fun. But behind the scenes, we learned through court that the sponsorship money actually wasn't coming through. His financial situation was becoming quite dire. And that's when he turned to crime. And, and what he did was he effectively stole from his workplace and uh, transferred the money to himself, used it to pay some of the cricket players. So you're talking about a pretty significant crime here. What sort of level of theft are we talking about? Yeah, in total, he's believed to have stolen about $240,000. Not all of that was spent on cricket expenses. He spent some of it on a holiday and a Louis Vuitton bag as well. But uh, in terms of where the money went for crickets, um, we're talking roughly about $40,000 was paid to Dilshan. Some money was paid to Theramane as well. And then there's other payments which were not sort of disclosed in detail by the court, which also went to other players. So we think that he's probably spent anywhere from about 70000 
upwards on cricket-related expenses. We haven't got the full breakdown of the cost. As the court was told this week, uh, he stole this money because he, he felt like he didn't want to let anyone down. He really wanted this tournament to go ahead. He felt like there was a lot of pressure and, and that's what led him to, to do what he did. As a cricket fan, I remember some buzz about the suburban team in Melbourne because it was just deliciously cheesy. I mean, if Chris Gale's promo content didn't get your attention. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, oi, oi. See you soon, Australia. Endeavour Hills Cricket Club. See you soon, guys. Cheers. Universe boss. One love. Then celebrity chef George Calambaris probably did. I mean, look, indie dance legends, Bag Raiders, were even slated to play. G'day, g'day. It's Jack from Bag Raiders here. Catch us DJing at the T20 Twilight Cricket. Shepley Oval in Melbourne on the 4th of December. Tickets are still available, so grab some while you can. How's that? The only issue was it all seemed to pique the interest of the police, as best I can tell. How did it unravel for Mr De Silva? Well, the police weren't actually looking at the cricket tournament too suspiciously, but it, what ended up happening was he worked at a warehouse and uh, his role was basically to uh, deal with purchase orders, so dealing with invoices and stock coming in and stock going out, that sort of thing. And that's where he was able to doctor some invoices, doctor some details on, on accounts to basically transfer the money to himself. So he was fired from his job. And then when the workplace conducted an audit, they realised that there was some real discrepancies there. So that's when it came to the attention of police and the timing ended up being quite interesting because the first of these uh, tournament games actually did happen. Chris Gale did take to the field and I, I believe he smashed about 90 runs. This investigation, the allegations came out publicly and the second game was never played. Uh, and that's when it really all unravelled for him. So Mr De Silva's obviously been in court this week. What was the finding of the judge? Patrick De Silva actually avoided being sent to jail for this. And that was a pretty interesting thing because normally these kinds of frauds do attract a term of imprisonment. But De Silva did have a few things going for him. He was able to take out some loans from family members, which meant he was able to pay back the stolen money. So that was a pretty big factor. Judge David Brooks also acknowledged that De Silva was very remorseful for what he'd done and he's taken steps like he's working two jobs to cover his debts. After his arrest he told a psychologist that he'd broken the trust of a lot of people and brought shame on his family. He, he said he regretted everything and he wished he could take it all back. So the judge um, quite interestingly said that despite this conduct being quite pretty devious and quite calculating there was no golden rule when it came to sentencing for this kind of crime. And he chose to exercise some discretion by ordering that the entire sentence be served as a community corrections order. So essentially what that means is De Silva will need to complete 200 hours of unpaid community work over the next three years. As long as he does that, he'll be, he'll be fine. However, he does now have a conviction which goes on a criminal record. And um, this adds to previous offences as well, where he's been done for, for stealing in the past as well. So it's clear that he's got a pretty bad track record now. Christian Silver, it is a wild story. It's an outrageous story. Thank you for pulling it all apart for us. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. That was one of our fave eps of the year just gone. We will be back on deck from January 8 with Poppy Penny in the chair to attack 2024 with fresh stories. Until then, hope you're having a great summer. Thanks to Endeavour Hills Cricket Club and Frogbox for the extra audio used in this episode. 
Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.